Welcome to the elephant on the couch, where we're finally addressing what makes us uncomfortable. This is a judgment-free space designed to finally help the elephant in the room get on the couch and start the conversation. So join us. Let's get that elephant on the couch and let's get uncomfortable. Hey everyone, welcome to the elephant on the couch. I am your host, Tanya. And I'm your co-host, Dulce. Welcome back to episode number whatever of the elephant on the couch season season two two. i think is this is episode 10 season two yes we are getting closer to the end of the year guys we're getting closer to our second trimester being done yes i know i haven't made a reference of that but i all (laughs) honestly think about it every time i record and i don't want to be a bugaboo but here i I forgot about that no i didn't i think about it every time but I'm excited. My goodness. We are taking a break, though. Next week, we're not dropping an episode. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving next week, so we are going to be stuffing our faces. As much as we want to be part of your family during Thanksgiving, I'd rather not. I mean, <laughs> I know you guys are probably dying to have us playing in the background while you eat turkey and mashed oh, yeah. potatoes. Let's do prayer and some elephant on the couch. Lovely idea. Let us know if that's the case, and we'll record for you guys. But <laughs> no, we won't. Yeah, we're no, probably we're not. Won't. We're gonna take a break to also <laughs> to do some self reflection and and be grateful and think about the year. And I think we should do a check in. We haven't done a check in in like the last three episodes. I think we've just been talking about political turmoil, which I don't yeah. want to talk about today. Right. Um. Well, I'm doing pretty good. Um, that was the no, most I unconvincing. Really, no, I really am. I I feel like I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of my health stuff. Um, trying, you? I'm trying to. Well, this is the thing. I'm trying to focus on the silver lining and celebrate small victories, so that in my brain, I am watering that seed, and that's what's gonna keep growing, rather than me focusing like, oh my god, I keep getting this rash, or I keep getting this shit. Like, I'm tired. So I'm trying to focus on the silver lining. I, and right changes that, are coming up. Hey. Yeah, I'm excited about the changes. I feel like positive things are happening. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a shift in gears of the universe. I don't know if finally the retrograde of whatever. Exactly bullshit. what I was gonna say. It's finally fucking done. <laughs> but I I do feel like there's definitely new beginnings. Right now you're talking about seeds. I don't think I've told you this, but I'm like slowly You're pregnant? becoming. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> that escalated quickly. I feel violated. My privacy. Just kidding. Um, no, I was just thinking that I'm becoming addicted to gardening. Like I have like thirteen. That was plants. unexpected, <laughs> dude. I have like. No bullshit about 13 plants in my backyard. And when I mean backyard, I mean like the patio in my apartment, bitch. Mm -hmm. Like, why is there this many plants in a patio? But it just started like this year. I think that's my way of like the light at the end of the tunnel kind of crap. Mm -hmm. Not that it's crap. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Such an asshole thing to say. No, but like the whole like... I really want to see something positive. I think right. like my plants have been that coping mechanism. I was joking about it with a very close friend of mine. Like, dude, like it's turning into a problem. Like I'm yeah. stealing plants, guys. Well, I got, <laughs> I got I got a couple plants and I killed one. Bitch, I'm taking your 
aloe veras from outside because they're about to die and I needed them to survive. This is how bad I am with plants. Aloe vera grows without much of an effort. Mine is dying. So that if that because tells you, you what you need to know. Because you don't water it, motherfucker. Well, again, I assume that it just does okay without water. No, you're supposed to water it every so often. I haven't. Obvious uh, fucking Lee. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> if that didn't give it up. <laughs> no, I, I uh, find... I finally, like, feel like I switched gears and I'm starting to turn into a more positive outlook. I do want to give a shout out to the the man in my house. The one and only <laughs> man in my house. And uh, he's been very supportive. I think that's really what's been making the gear shift in my realizations of life. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you get to a point, right, like working out. Like, the first few months of you working mm-hmm. out is a pain in the ass. Like, it hurts. Mm. You're sore majority of the time. You're not really seeing a lot of results. Like, you're tired. Your sleep is fucked up. But then, like, when you get after, like, two or three months of consistent working out, you start seeing results. And you're like, oh, shit. Uh, like, I like this. Yeah, like, there's a shift in energy. Mm-hmm. You're lifting more pounds. You feel, like, empowered. I think, like, I'm in that phase. Maybe we should talk about that in an episode, like the different stages of a relationship and that attachment and trust building. Sounds like a topic to me. I mean, I'm down for it, but what I just said had nothing to do with my relationship. <laughs> but I think, right? like, I think he's like in my whole little therapy process. He's like my... Your anchor. No, that's super romanticized. I was totally not going to use that. Uh, well, my were- shaker, like the one that makes the shakes for me to go work out. Like, here you go, baby. Here's your shake. Like, he's just kind of like your that coach. Is <laughs> yeah, it your pre-workout? After workout. Yeah, like, I get off of therapy and I'm like a hot mess. Your PCAs? Yes, like, absolutely. What? My amino acids. Yeah. <laughs> so romantic. Can you be my amino acids before I work I need me an amino acid person. That's going to be my Valentine's card next year. <laughs> A little shaker with aminos for him. Thank you for being my amino acid. <laughs> hey, Valentine's is coming up. Then we're hey. gonna be a couple months from this. I, I Can you honestly, stop? your birthday's coming up. My birthday is coming ah, up. Christmas my birthday is coming up. Dulce's birthday is coming up next month. Capricorn baby. My birthday would be the week after, I mean, the month after that. We're getting old, people. Oh, that's a horrible way to look at it. Another year of success in my amazing life. That's the way to look at it. I think I'm just ready to wrap up 2020, put it behind <laughs> me, and yeah, I'm sure Can we all just of us like are. stuff our faces and gain another 20 pounds in happiness because 2020 is not the year to be fair? I mean, hopefully, man. Hopefully, 2021 is going to be better, but that's a different conversation. So, or... let's talk about today's topic. So, Abruptly. today we're going to talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. She totally just. I know, sure it's because you like always sing the old version, and I always sing the pretty, Ricky, pretty, pretty, Ricky, Ricky hotline. All right, so today we're gonna, today we kind of, it's kind of like a follow up on, not really, but our last conversation, we talked about sex, kind of like in general, removing a lot of the shame that has been attached to sex historically, culturally. Again, we are drinking wine. 
So today we're going to focus a little more the conversation in the context of a relationship. I think last time we kind of like did this umbrella about how culturally the stigma and why it's taboo. But today we wanted to focus more on in the context of a relationship. How do we approach this conversation with a significant other? Right. When do we approach it? Why don't we approach it? Why should we approach it? Right. Mm -hmm. Like everything that comes with just being in a relationship and sex. Like, yeah, I think last time we really focused about like sex. Yay. Use it. Enjoy it. The end. But I Mm -hmm. think like the more we're thinking about this week's topic, we kept going back to, well, how does that play in a relationship? Yeah, and I think we maybe made reference to it a little bit, very minimal, in last week's episode. But that's why we wanted to take more time today to really dive into how does that apply in the context of now that you're with someone else, how do you even approach this conversation, right? Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why it's sometimes kind of like the elephant in the room and people walk around it is because of the expectations right especially to me when we were brainstorming about this topic it was like the different stages in a relationship if i'm barely getting to know someone new to me it can be very like wishy-washy and uncomfortable to bring up this conversation right like if i'm date number three Am I supposed to be talking about sex with this person? I don't person? know. It, it, to me, like, it's such an important conversation to have. Right. Like, it, I think it is. Yeah. I even, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk about positions on the first date, but I think it's important to just say, like, you know, like, what do you just think about sex? Like, in general, like, I, I know that it'd be really hard for me to date somebody who's, like, so intense about religion and sex is not something that that they embrace yeah yeah like well and and that and that's valid i think especially for those early stages in the relationship i think this is a conversation that is needed right because again this is someone that you can potentially talking about it but this is someone that you can potentially be spending a lot of time with and getting to that point that where you're ready to get physical and get vulnerable and become intimate in that context so if you are not aligned from like the beginning, again, it could be like you're dating and the chemistry is there and the connection and in every other level. But when it comes to sex, it's like, right? I think that's so tough when when you're a virgin, right? Like, and you saved your virginity until marriage, and then Ooh. you find yeah the person, and then you get married, and it's like, oh. Oh, this is not, I know, like, it's not what I read on Fifty Shades of Grey, just kidding. (laughs) But I think, like, it's so important that you're able to find that chemistry, that sexual chemistry Mm -hmm. with your significant other, because if not, I think it can get pretty awkward, Mm -hmm. right? And I, but I think people don't talk about it, and I'm saying people, because of those boundaries. Again, and I'm going to keep making reference to early stages of dating. You don't know this person's boundaries. You don't know what makes them uncomfortable. You don't know their views, their values, their background, their culture. Even if it's within the same culture, we're both Mexican. 
they have their own little culture in their family and I have my own little culture in my family. Right. So it can be pretty avoided and kind of like, again, the elephant in the room because I don't know where this person is at when with this relationship. Well, and I think a, a big important piece to that is your sexual ego. Mm-hmm. Like we all own an ego and we're going to have a whole episode about ego. I really want to like record an episode on ego, but you know, your ego is kind of like what you see yourself as this, this image, this idea of who you are. And when it comes to sex, like you, everybody has a sexual ego. We all have like this idea of who we see ourselves as in sexually. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're about to put that information out, like it takes a level of vulnerability, a level of, look, this is my ego. Please don't bruise it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please don't stomp on it. Right. And so I think it's really hard to kind of get into that space when you're barely getting to know somebody. Yeah. Or the judgment. If I am dating someone new and this is date number three, four, and I'm like, let's talk about sex. You're right. an info. Done. Right. I don't know if the, uh, the other person is going to perceive that as like, oh, this girl is hella liberal. Like she just went right into the S word. Like, you know what I mean? Or S-word. that person might perceive that to be an invitation for someone that maybe I'm not ready for. But I do want to have that conversation about my boundaries and expectations or um, not expectations. But what's the other one? Standards when it comes to sex. Right. So. I think the reasons why this would be a taboo topic and it can be hard to talk about it, especially again in early stages and even in way down the road in a long-term relationship is because of these things like boundaries, expectations, the ego piece that you're talking about, being vulnerable and being able to voice your needs and that judgment piece that gets attached to that. um, I think there's a big piece of like safe attachment. If you're not like safe with the person that you're dating, Mm -hmm. your ability to be vulnerable and, like, not perceive your ego so much is very low. Like, you're you're probably going to keep that Berlin wall very freaking... That Trump wall very high. (laughs) Great wall of China. The Great wall of China pretty high so that the person can't come in, right? Mm -hmm. Because if if I don't feel safe in this relationship, I'm not going to feel comfortable opening up. And... The opposite of in a long-term relationship, it can come down to you protecting your significant other's feelings. Or their ego. You don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. I think there's so much, like, shame around sex in a relationship. I think, like, for men, there's this stereotype that, like, you should always want it. And we talked about that in the V card, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, who doesn't want to have sex? How dare you? You don't want sex. Like, then you're a little bitch. If you don't want to have sex. Ouch. Right? Right. And and for females, like, how dare you want to have more sex? Mm-hmm. How dare you, like, have a high... Yeah, you nympho. Mm-hmm. And so, because there's, like, shame and stereotypes attached to that, your ego kind of gets attached to that as well. Like, oh, I don't want to show that vulnerable side of me because if I do, this person is going to less, think less of me or think more of me or whatever the case might be in your head mm-hmm. or vice versa right if i speak up i'm gonna hurt their ego right and then they're not gonna be able to 
be okay with me or perform or whatever. Which at the end of the day, guys, that's our culture talking, right? That's our how we've internalized the messages that society and culture puts in us. Um, but at the end of the day, if, especially if it's the early stages of a relationship and you are at a point where you are, like we said last time, pretty own, like own your personality, your sexuality, and you voice your opinion and your needs and the person is not open to that or receptive or it's not a good match then great good thing that you caught it early on but and then, then you then peace you, out you have the other side right where maybe both of the people are ashamed to talk about it and it's mm-hmm. kind of like awkward and yeah you know let's say that it's a very religious partnership right and so one partner might be like oh no don't do this i, I think that's wrong that's against god or whatever and then the other partner is like yeah i i agree I, that's against god let's not talk about it mm-hmm. but you keep putting band-aids on it right right and the next thing you know like there's a lack of satisfaction but because of the shame and the expectations you, you, you kind of get stuck you both could be missing out right like i can you and i can be in a relationship and then I'm like walking on eggshells about telling you what I want or what I expect from you as my partner sexually because I don't want to, again, bruise your ego or make you feel bad. And then you're on the same boat. You're like, oh, I don't want to bring it up to her because of her ego. And here we are both missing out on a conversation that we both could be having very healthy and make our relationship so much better, right? Right. So it's important to talk about this. It's important because like we said last time of those sexual boundaries. Having these conversations, it's huge because that way I can let you know where my line is at Mm -hmm. as far as boundaries and consent and what I'm willing to do and what I'm open to trying and whatnot. Where, Where you can tell me the same for you. You can tell me your boundaries. You can tell me your... Your desires, desires. whatever oh, you want to do. Look at that. We're on the same page. Um, but this is why these conversations are important. To be able to explore our boundaries as a couple. Well, and I think, like, people change. Like, let's let's just throw that out there and put it, like, in big red flags that are flashing. I mean, big red letters that are flashing, like, in your face. People change. You in a relationship, you are going to have to fall in love with your person constantly. Over and over, over and, and over again. The person I was five years ago is not the same person that I am now. And I guarantee you the same person that I'm gonna be in the next five years is not gonna be the same person that I am now. Fingers crossed, guys. <laughs> it's gonna get worse, I guess. <laughs> but um you know, and as you keep growing, you're learning more and more and more about your partner. You're constantly saying, oh, that's new. Mm-hmm. Oh, where did this idea come from? And it, again, if there's not that safe attachment, that's comfortability in the relationship, you're not going to be able to kind of just come up and be like, babe, I saw this article online today. Just happened to run upon it. I saw this thing about like positions. What's up? You want to try it? Like mm-hmm. you want to feel comfortable. What? I don't want to say you want to because I don't know what everybody wants, but it's important that you feel comfortable with your partner mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is what I'm looking at. And if your partner says like, no, you're crazy. I'm never going to try that. Safe enough for them to say no and for you to not feel offended that they don't want to try that. Right? right. Yeah. And, and, and also things can change in the context of 
at the beginning of the relationship, we're all in our best behavior. I mean, typically, right? Generally speaking. Um, I mean, ideally, we want you to just be yourself. And if the person can handle you, then that's a good thing, right? Not handle you, but if it's a good match for you. Right. Um, but things can change. We can start a relationship in a very, like, hypersexual thing where we're having sex often and then five years down the road if we have two kids and we find ourselves tired and things have changed right so it's important to be fluid and flexible with those expectations and when i say fluid i don't mean fluid and like you're gonna try every gender or sex on the spectrum um but fluid in the sense of being open that things are gonna change your partner's needs might change from what the person you met five years ago to the person that you're with now even within like a year or two you meet somebody and they have certain expectations and then a year later they're in a different point in their life and now they want different things. They want to try different things and it's important and, to be able to communicate that. Right. And and for the example of like the two virgin partners, right, that like got together, maybe at first it's like, uh, we don't know what we're doing. But having that safe attachment is like, well, you know what? The other day when you were doing this, it felt really good. Can we try that again? And maybe you can get to a point where that sexual chemistry gets to to where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, sex is not like relationships. You don't just, like, meet somebody and you're like, oh, you're the one. The yin and the yang. The yin and the yang. And then it just works out and you have a Cinderella story. Right? Like, maybe you meet somebody you're like, oh, my God, you're it. But you don't just, like, get married and then it all works out. You constantly have to be compromising. The emotional chemistry happens in that compromise, right? It's in the decision to love your partner. Same thing happens sexually. You don't just like have sex and, oh my God, that was the best sex that I've ever had in my life. This is it, guys. Like, <laughs> you have to constantly be compromising mm-hmm. in order to find that space where it's happy for both of you right because i mean in in a point that we were discussing too prior to recording was that idea of what happens if you know somebody and you date somebody that literally has like 70 percent of your checklist 80 percent. i mean i hate the word checklist but you guys know right. what i mean like everything in like what you look for in a partner this person has but then sexually they're not there yet Right, right. Is it something that we're willing and able to kind of like stick around and communicate that to them and see if they can meet us where we're at, or is this going to be a deal breaker for you and be like, oh, he's amazing and has everything that I've been looking for, but sexually, we're not compatible. Right. Is this something that can be worked towards eventually? Yeah, you can get to that point. Maybe, right? But this is why it's important to have these conversations. Yeah. And and if you don't tell your partner and you don't communicate what you need and what makes you happy, then we won't know if there is potential for this person to get to that point. Yeah, I think that I would totally take that offensively. Like, as a partner, if we If were, I don't tell you what I want. Yeah, like, so this entire three months, you've been faking orgasms, bitch. Like, like, oh my god, like here I am thinking I'm like the best in the round over here, like baby girl. Eagles all like high, walking around like I'm this like champ in my life, and then come to find out you never liked it. Like, oh hell no. Sweetie. (laughs) 
Yeah. Baby muffin. Big, big yikes. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, oh, hell no. Like, but that's so unfair. Yeah. Like, I, I always feel like, especially in relationships, like, when people just break up and they're like, what the hell happened? Why did we break up? And they're like, yeah, you know what you did. No, I didn't. And until you don't tell me what I did, I'm not able to fix it. And I right. feel like it's the same thing with sex. Like, if you don't tell me why you're so upset, like, I'm not going to be able to please you. Right. Yeah. 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 If I don't tell you what what gets me turned on and how to get me to that point when I have or an orgasm and what makes me happy, then how could you, like, you're not, you don't. You're not a psychic. You like you don't have this like magic wand. Maybe you do. Give me the magic stick. Hopefully you're listening. She (laughs) hates Fifty Cent. (laughs) So you just ruined this episode for her. Uh, Anyways, anywho, but the point is, we need to be able to have that safety net where we're able to say what we need again. We'll get to that of how to approach these conversations in a way that it's respectful. Uh, but if, if you're with somebody where you can't verbalize your needs, eh, that's a red flag, probably. I mean, going back to our well, red flag yeah, episode, if right. you're not able to tell somebody like, hey, I'm not satisfied sexually. Right? Like, Well, and I think like if you do want to become the best partner that he, she, they ever had it's important that you understand what their needs are. You can't be the best by just being egoistic. Like, you can't come in and be like, I know exactly what she wants, and then do it, and then expect for her to just be happy with your performance. Mm -hmm. You can have the best record of known as this, like, sexual guru, the hundred, like, million dollar (laughs) (laughs) P-word. Penis. Okay. I was thinking the other one, but penis will go. Oh, right. You were thinking of females. Yeah, I was thinking of females because I'm a female. Right? But then for this one person in particular, for this one partner, that's not what gets them, right? And Right. And so, like, you can't walk around. Well, you can. Do you, boo-boo? But, like, it's very likely that your significant other is going to be annoyed Mm -hmm. that you're walking around all cocky, acting like you know exactly what you did, and you never asked for their... And here they are having to have to reach for the computer right after. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you'll know where those deal breakers are. Well, and I think it goes back to intimacy. Mm -hmm. Like to me, intimacy is much more than sex. Mm -hmm. I can have intimacy with you as a friend by us laying down on your bed, putting on our PJs and binge watching a show together. Mm -hmm. We're having intimacy, even though we're not. It's not sexual. And you can have intimacy with your partner without the sexual piece. So when you're talking about deal breakers, I mean, if this person is like everything that I've ever dreamt of, like everything, right? Mm -hmm. The way, I'm going to say he because my partner is a he, but he treats me the way that he takes care of me, the way that he does this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then our sex is like, meh, which it does not apply, guys. This is just... An example. Um, But our sex is like, meh. But our intimacy is like really high. Like we're able to spend time together and cuddle and watch movie together and 
mm-hmm. give each other massages and I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with different ideas that can create intimacy. Having these really deep conversations mm-hmm. about life, right? right? If we're able to have like these cute, amazing dates where we're like sharing experiences, then that really opens the door for me to talk about sex, mm-hmm. right? Because our intimacy is so well connected right. that I can that it can really get to a point where we're like, oh, I really like when you do that. And then you get in tune with your human, with your person, and you really start reading like, oh, I realized this is just an example. I realized Tanya started breathing differently when I did this. Mm-hmm. Or I realized her heartbeat like started going faster when I did that. Or she started moaning differently when I did this. When you, and when you're very in tune, when that intimacy is very high, I think it's easier for you to kind of get to that sexual place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like we said... It's whatever amount of work that you're willing to put in because it takes a lot of work to impatience and willingness to put in the work with a with a partner, right? To be able to get to that point. For some people, they're willing to do that. For some others, it's, it's a deal breaker. And even if the person has that 70% that I was talking about, sexually, they're not fulfilled. And they're like, nope, on to the next. Right. And do you, at the end of the day, it's up to you to what you want to do and where you want to go as far as relationships are concerned. But I think at the end of the day, like, it's important you're having these conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, what we're trying to accomplish through this episode is about the importance of being open to having these conversations and being open to being uh, vulnerable. I think we... One of the things that can prevent you from getting into that pickle is really talking about preferences. Pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Very immature pickle. Mature, you mean? Yes, very. (laughs) But like getting into that circumstance, is that better for you, professional woman? Um, Is really talking about expectations, talking about preferences. I mean, things like grooming could be a topic of conversation even within the first stages of your relationship imagine you meet somebody on tinder and then you guys set up <laughs> so a, romantic set up a well, what online dating is that's it's the yeah but tinder is like sex okay see now you're putting We're people in boxes okay 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 you're i'm being judgmental people. okay okay yes judgmental duty over here <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i meet someone in t- on tinder we set up a coffee date. We go to Starbucks. Starbucks. I was gonna say Dutch. Uh, we go to Starbucks. <laughs> Dutch doesn't even. And have a within area. the first forty minutes of our conversation, I'm like, "So, let's talk about grooming, <laughs> <laughs> right?" Like, I like the T right above your penis area. I don't really like any other shape when it comes to your pubes. Imagine how awkward that would Amen. be. This is a killer frappuccino. Let's talk about your grooming. <laughs> your grooming. Uh, do you do you manscape or you, what's up? What's going on down there, do sweets? <laughs> what's going on? Do you like Brazilian? Wait, what's your preference? Like, how would you like me to be down there? Like, <laughs> the landing strip. <laughs> but this is a 
I mean, when we say, like, you talk about grooming being an important conversation to have. <laughs> you don't have it on the first date. That's what I'm Or saying. do you? I mean, that's or why I'm opening this conversation out there. I think sometimes there's been circumstances where that has been a topic of conversation right away. Well, and, and we were talking about this idea, right? Of, like, what, where, what are, where's the line when it comes to things that you bring up in relationships? And, again, it's going to be very different from date number two to date number seven and someone that you're already, like, seeing long term, right? But, again, this grooming conversation... Um, can be like again date one and then because again no judgment free zone right over here if by date number two I'm already trying to be intimate with this person we should have this like grooming conversation prior to us going to anybody's home it just home. reminds me of like you know the, what I mean like, it reminds me of the teeth conversation when we talk about like dating disasters like <laughs> On like on Tinder, you say like, by the way, I have no teeth, right? Like, like right. What's the? By etiquette? the way, I'm a hairy motherfucker. Like, what do you say? Exactly. What is the etiquette around this specific conversation? I think, I think it just comes down to how comfortable you feel having that conversation and how open you are to having it. And again, what your deal breakers are. If you didn't have this conversation and then date three, four, whenever you're ready to have to be intimate with this person you find out like whoa there's a lot going on down there <laughs> then is that gonna be a deal breaker are you gonna be able to be open and honest and say like yo you need to like manscape down there like there's a lot going on <laughs> right or are you gonna be like big yikes and then the end you ghost them and then don't text them back after that I mean, whatever is going to flow your yeah, boat. Yeah, I right? think that I, I, what it boils down to is how important is it for you mm-hmm. and how important is this person for you? Right. Because I, I've been just TMI, but like full disclosure, I've been a pretty superficial person in my past. And if something superficial is not filling my... Remember we were talking about expectations versus standards? Mm -hmm. I was talking from a place of knowledge because I used to have expectations (laughs) versus standards. Girl, this I'm going to about to be a bitch over here, but (laughs) someone's shoes for me was a deal breaker. Yeah, talk about fucking <laughs> superficial, huh? I mean, but but I mean, that it really was me, like I was like, oh, that's a no no, and 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 that was me a couple years ago. I think we've had a conversation. I'm about a more this. mature person now, though. Are you though? I can get over but, issues big time. <laughs> but I think like that it comes down to that, right? Like, if it's a deal breaker, then I think the person's not pulling its weight for me personally. Mm-hmm. Like those those. If you're things, not willing to overlook that. Because of the I'm package. I'm just looking for a fucking excuse to get rid of this right. person mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like, just being honest. Like, if I'm really sitting here and, like, nitpicking these things, I'm just trying to find an excuse to say no. Mm-hmm. So, some of the other taboo topics when it comes to sexuality within the context of a relationship. Again, this is what we discuss that maybe sometimes can be a little, like, mm, the elephant in the room, but... Again, for some people, it might be different. They're super free to talk about these things and it doesn't bother well, them. Well, and I think it's important that we say that. We're not in agreement with all of these. You said yes to some and I said no to some. Right. We talked about 
the body count. Ugh, I hate the body count. Right? Like, again, we're, we're putting this questions out there for you guys. How do you feel about asking your significant other, whoever you're dating, whether it's date number three or date number seven in a committed relationship, about their body count? Do you even care? Is this something that you bring up? Like, I, how many people ha- in body count is like to, like, how I, many people have you slept with? I don't care about body count. Like, if my significant other was to say, like, oh, I'm in like the 500s, I'd be like, well, you're a pro. <laughs> the end. Um, but I don't want to know. I don't think it bothers me. Like, honestly, in, in this. It doesn't bother me, honestly. I think if I was to, if I'm in a relationship and I ask my significant other just out of curiosity or for a nice breaker during spaghetti night, like, hey, how many many people have you slept with? And if they were to say like, oh, and they start counting, they're like, let me me borrow your hands. And then they start counting and they're like, I think I'm like 40. Be like, huh, okay, cute. Right, like it's like to me, it's not gonna change the person who I fell in love with or who I like right now in the present day, whatever amount of number of bodies that they have in their background. To me, for some people, and we had this conversation, it might plant a seed of insecurity. I'm like, ooh, forty, and then I'm forty one, and then am I forty one, and then there's gonna be forty two? Am I not? I just I feel like um, it has a lot. uh, Going back to that sexual ego, right? Uh, for me, it's about, I don't, I don't care about it and I don't want to know about it because I don't want that idea in my head. Yeah. Right? Like I, and not, my man can tell me he had 500 people before me and I'd probably kind of like make sure you're getting tested and shrug my shoulders and move on. But personally me as a female, I don't like disclosing my body count out in the open because is that, your that is not yeah it's <laughs> that's not me that's not who I am now mm-hmm. the person I was in college is not the person that I am now and so when I look back at her I don't feel ashamed of being that person it is we were talking about the book of life like a couple episodes ago right like mm-hmm. that's part of my chapter that's why I'm I own it and that made the bitch that I am today who I damn love damn right sweetie hello mm-hmm. yet I hesitate in giving my body count because that chapter over there is my last chapter it's closed mm-hmm. I don't need to be opening it yeah it needs to remain closed I prefer for her for it to be closed <laughs> Over there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't think that my significant other have a different judgment of me if he knew my body count. I just think like going back to that, like not knowing is bliss, right? Like ignorance. Ignorance yes. is bliss. And and yeah, for some people that's like a privacy thing and they value that and it's something very near and dear to their heart and like you're saying it's like who they it's were in that the chapter path. and it's right. there. And but, it's my chapter too. Right. It's not nobody else's chapter. To me, I think, like I said, I don't think it would bother me. I don't, I wouldn't be opposed to sharing my history with anyone if they wanted to know. I mean, my significant other, not just anyone. <laughs> I was just like, let me post that on Facebook real quick. Um, and in the next episode, yeah. drum roll. <laughs> We're 
gonna go over the list. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> but um, last names will be included. <laughs> I'm gonna tag every single one of them. <laughs> but cute. um, wouldn't that be cool? That would be so cool. That <laughs> just um, tells you how low your number is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what else? <laughs> but uh. But again, this is again we're we're putting these questions out there for you guys to consider. Like, hmm, how do I feel about that? Right? Uh, a again, big, a big no for me was first. I don't want to know when was your first head. See, I don't want to go when it was your first. I don't know what this says about me, but I'm curious. Like I, <laughs> I fucking curious, George. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself in fucking trouble. I'm the zookeeper keeping you on a motherfucking me curious, leash. Curious George over here. I'm gonna change my Instagram handle to that. Curious I, Tanya. I really want to know. Curiosity like, killed the cat. I'm gonna be like, hey. So when did you lose your virginity? What was her name? Where'd you guys oh kiss? Oh my god! I really, I have no. questions. I have questions. I have questions. No, people. no, 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 That's no, me. no. Boundaries. Exactly. Boundary in front of you right now. No, no. Again, Sit, for Obi. some, for some people, they're like, "Hey, that's my past, and I don't want to talk about it." For me, it'll be like, hmm, "That's me." I, I think it. like my I'm past like, is my past. Let's get uncomfortable. <laughs> Hence the elephant on the couch. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm not interested in my past. It is what it is. I think there's pieces to my past that need to be brought up because they still affect my present. Mm-hmm. Like triggers, right? Remember my story, guys? The suicide and the TV and all of that. So I, I think there's pieces that do need to be brought up just to alleviate or explain some of the jerk reactions that i get but i think at the end of the day like it is what it is i learned from it the end move Mm -hmm. the fuck on right i don't don't really like to ask about it that much i don't dwell on it i just move the fuck on let's go i don't consider my curiosity dwelling on the past in the past i'm just genuinely curious. curious i and it doesn't and 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 it's happened where i ask questions and my significant other answers some of the questions that they felt comfortable answering and it really didn't change my my idea my perception my feelings my thoughts about them well and like, i think you have to be cautious with that because you really and guys i'm just fyi like tanya it really is what she's saying is accurate like this woman <laughs> you can tell her some wild shit and she'll be like Oh, that's interesting, and move the fuck on, right? So, so she's not low key being aggressive and and being saying these things just to please people. Like she really doesn't really give a fuck. But what I'm trying to say is, there are people that do give a fuck, right? And so be cautious when you're asking these questions. My my biggest lesson for me was to not ask questions that you cannot handle an answer to. Mm-hmm. I can't handle knowing how many da 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 blah 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 blah. Because it'll trigger me. It'll trigger my sexual ego. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. I can't let go of my right. sexual exactly. ego. Exactly. So I, guess what I'm going to do? I'm not going to ask them. <laughs> exactly. Right? So that's why I said we're putting these questions out there for you guys to kind of like check in with yourself of like, ooh, what would, what would that do if I ask that question? And if I get this type of answer, how would that affect my relationship? And again, it could be like one of those things like ignorance is Fantasies. bliss. You don't need to know it's okay. Yeah, like fantasies. I'm just speaking at a personal level, like for me, I, um, again, I have questions. And if you don't want to answer them, I don't want to, I'm not going to hold that against you either. It's not like, yeah. oh, you don't want to tell me because it's like a hundred of them. Like, you yeah. men ho, whatever. Like, no, I'll be like, hmm. 
tell me. Come on. Like, oh, I'm a yeah, push it. kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. But I think fantasies is a big one. Like, are you ready to hear your significant other's dirtiest, craziest? And Desires. If, yeah. And if you're not ready to hear the word threesome, don't fucking ask the question. Is that if it, there's any male listening there's heterosexual that want that want but because i was going to talk about the again the the stereotype of every guy wants a threesome again i, I understand know. that mm-hmm. there's females out there that want a threesome, a threesome right too. but again is that a thing guys like if you're listening and you're a male do you want a threesome and we're I'm probably not, gonna this isn't an invitation it. we're gonna <laughs> the elephant on the couch <laughs> do you want a threesome hello just kidding no, we should post it on Instagram. Like, one of those being questions like, if you're a guy, do you want a threesome? <laughs> yes or no? Sounds very inviting. Yeah, but not <laughs> like that. You know what I mean. Anyways, look out for these questions because we, we were thinking of asking some of these yeah, out. Yeah, it yeah. would be cool. Anyways, but I, I do want to, if you're not ready to hear the fantasy yeah. answer, like, if there's, like, a preference that's very specific, like... The MILF thing. We were talking about nasty porn. Yeah. Right? Like the MILF thing. And you're like this young 23-year-old who does not have any and MILF And your significant features. other has a fantasy about a MILF. Uh, is that going to make you insecure? Right. And if, if the answer is yes, guess what, honey? Don't ask it. Mm-hmm. Don't if your significant other, if you're going to hear, oh, I fantasize about having sex with this type of girl and you look completely opposite. Like if there's a, like, oh, I just want to have sex with a brunette, hot brunette, and you're, like, blonde. Like, the fuck? <laughs> you're not even close. Yeah, so you're, so I'm not good enough. Red if it's going to plant a seed of insecurity in you, just then don't ask this question. Yeah, just yeah. stop. Yeah. Just stop. Um, porn. Oh, we had a long conversation about porn in our last episode, I feel like. Right. Yeah, so same, so same with your partner when it comes to, again, having these conversations about sex in the context of a relationship if you want to ask your partner what's their preference in porn, hey, do you want to watch porn? Do you want to make a porn video? It reminded me of like Eliza. I so I have this favorite. I have this favorite comfort stand up comedian, Eliza, freezing hot. Jesus. Yeah, and she's like, I know what a human centipede is. I have I I have watched your porn. I love you. Anyways, like that's literally what it came up to me. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. It, you know, like if you're okay with your significant other watching trains, look up true, if you true. Know what it is. Like all aboard, <laughs> the Eiffel Tower. Like yeah, you know, be if it's not gonna make you insecure, go for it. But if it make if it's gonna move stuff. And it's going to put you in a position where you're like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do the Eiffel Tower, but I really want to please my man. And I'm going to try to, like, push these personal boundaries. Girl, you Again, that boy, consent. they, you're going down a rabbit hole. Right, yeah. Mm-mm. If if your significant other wants to make a movie and you're not comfortable with that, but you're you're agreeing out of fear of losing them or them cheating on you... Red flag. Just plain insecurity. Yeah. Just plain insecure. That sexual ego. Go back to that. What is the purpose of this emotion that you have right now? And mm-hmm. if it's to fulfill sexual ego, ego, bye, Felicia. Yeah. Just let it go. I think on a more serious note, the some of the things that can sometimes be really challenging to bring up in a in the context of a sex conversation in a relationship is past sexual abuse or negative experiences, right? 
Again, this can be very, very hard to bring up because I can totally see if I disclose something to my significant other about past abuse, that could potentially put them in a place where they're not comfortable now all of a sudden doing certain things because they don't want to trigger me, right? It has to be in a place really, really healthy, safe attachment where you're able to disclose and they're able to support you and still keep a healthy sex life. And and consent... It's not just about sex and physical. You have to have verbal, emotional, ear consent. Mm-hmm. For us therapists, listening to sexual abuse is like second nature. Like we've we've worked on it enough to be strong enough to to bear the pain of sexual abuse. It, and not it's show- painful, right? Like, usually when I have children that have been sexually abused, I take about a half hour break after the session or an hour break to just, like, cry it out. Because I have a kid, and just hearing those things really Mm -hmm. affect me. But it's part of our training. But if you're a typical human out there just listening to us, and your significant other wants to talk about past abuse, whether it's physical, verbal, whatever, sexual be in tune with the consent piece of that. You do not have to sit there and listen to this very painful part about a human's life mm-hmm. if you're not there. Right. Yeah. It's okay to say, you know what? I know you really want to share this with me and I love you and I care about you and I want to be present, but right now talking about it, it's going to kill everything. Right. And it's and it's not in a selfish way like, oh, don't tell me about it because I want to have sex with you. But it, it can be detrimental to their relationship because you're not ready for that information and you you rather set that boundary rather than react in a way that is not going to be helpful for the person. Right. Or you're going to like... Remove yourself from that sexual right. encounter or, 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 or make them feel broken or whatever because of the way you react because you weren't ready for that. And all of a sudden, here I am being vulnerable to my significant other and their nonverbal cues really convey the message of like, I'm broken. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, the mm-hmm. way he looked at me changed completely in the flip of a coin. Like, boom. Now he looks at me with his eyes of like, poor Tanya, this happened to her. And he doesn't desire me now in a sexual way right Right. it's not about that when it comes to disclosing sexual abuse or any type of abuse um but it's one of those things that can be very very tricky and and you have to be and you if you haven't disclosed sexual abuse before like just in any setting whatsoever please 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 seek help Mm -hmm. like please please talk about this with a therapist because Mm -hmm. Regardless of the direct like reaction that you're gonna get from your significant other, there your fears, your thoughts, your ima- emotions are gonna come up. You're opening something there, yeah. Yeah, and and they might be the most loving, caring person with the best reaction that you could ever paid for, and you're still gonna misinterpret it because of that baggage that you haven't downloaded right. with anybody mm-hmm. else. So. You know, be cognizant of that. Like, if you do have sexual abuse and this is detrimental to your sexual desire, to your sexual pleasure Mm -hmm. in your relationship. And you're ready to communicate it to your partner to make your life better and that dynamic more healthy. Ask for help. Please Please. probably reach out to... uh, Not probably. Please do. Like, I mean, if you have the the ability uh, to first kind of process this with the professional that would be ideal 
Yeah. And if and if your sexual experience right now with your partner is turning into something negative because of the sexual abuse that you had, don't put don't continue to put yourself in there. To say, "Hey, I have something to deal with. I I can't give it to you right now." And and it's part of having healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if again, you're triggered, like we said, you're triggered. Yeah, and like we said with this person, it, it their reaction if like we've said in toxicity in any other episode, if they're supportive and healthy and they're going to respect your boundaries and they're going to give you the space and time to heal and do what you need to do. Right. But that's why um, having these conversations, it's important, whether from like the funny stuff that we were talking about of like, what do you like and where's your boundary and blah, 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 to like deeper stuff that plays a major role in having a healthy sexual life. Yeah. With a significant other. Agreed. I think um, we were talking, I was saying earlier about safe attachment. Um, What I'm talking about is like the safe space that you create with your partner the intimacy piece, the connection, those are like key factors to creating a safe space for you to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Whether it's after seven dates, whether it's two years into the relationship, whether it's 10 years after the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be doing missionary for the last three years and it was great. And then <laughs> finally you're like, eh, let's try something new. Uh-huh. It's important that you, you know, pay attention to that safe space you have with your partner in order for you to kind of start opening up the conversation and it doesn't have to be within a specific time frame i guess right yeah and, and again understanding that things do change and there's no shame in that and there is nothing wrong with that we all change we all evolve different stages of your life might come with more stress and that's okay things are going to be different right you're sexual drive might change right i mean sometimes there's arguments to about the more you use it the more you want it right use it or lose it if you're not really sexually active it might decrease and at the end of the day we're all we're all making improvements we're like we're not perfect man Mm-hmm. You can't be the perfect sex machine. If you think you are, kudos to you and your confidence. But it's really hard to just be like the sexual machine. And yeah. so it, continue to like look into these things. Continue to look into how you can make improvements. Stop listening to advice from media. Don't compare. I mean, we even <laughs> looked up like, what is the sexual, like healthy amount of times to have sex in a relationship and what was it like once a week i think yeah right i think like <laughs> like your face <laughs> i think like, like 26 percent <laughs> was like once a week and then like 50 percent was like two to three times a month and i was like oh that sucks a month this is depressing <laughs> okay but but because like it miss new relationship over here like <laughs> hello sex, right? <laughs> no but i think it's important that you realize it's not the same for everybody right exactly but even listening to this conversation and we say like hey we we did research and research says that one is pretty average and pretty standard and you're like having sex every single day twice a day go girl you're like, go boy go they i'm a sick Woo. nymphomaniac right no, no that's your sex drive and that's what works for you and your partner and as if long you as have it once every six months Exactly. also do you exactly. like no shame right if you haven't had sex whether it's because a choice and you choose not to or you and your partner are okay coming home and watching tv and 
having the intimacy in a different level through cuddling, through deep, intimate conversations, and you feel fulfilled and happy, that's okay too. Right. Once a year, once a week, it'll matter as long as it's consensual and healthy. Exactly. Whatever is going to... Exactly. So don't compare to and, and I Kardashians think or <laughs> whoever else. Kardashians. Interesting. Uh, Why the Kardashians? I don't know because media, when I think media, they are the first ones that come to my head because of how popular they are. Huh. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 are, you, are you psychoanalyzing me right now? <laughs> sort of. Not really. Okay. Moving on. But I, I think the biggest piece is... The same way that we did about like being the best version of yourself just as a whole in loving yourself in that episode we did a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's the same when it comes to sex, right? Like you, it's important that you bring the best version of yourself into sex, whether that is because you've been masturbating very often and it makes you happy or whether it's like being vulnerable with your partner and saying, yeah, that feels great. Let's continue doing that. Or, you know what? I don't really like that. Let's start looking at different positions. Or I really want to try role play this weekend. I mean, whatever rocks your boat, whatever the best version of your sexual self is, I think it's going to bring a really awesome perspective to your relationship. Yeah. So I, so I think we can wrap up by maybe talking about what are some tips, and this isn't like we're not like sex therapists, that that's our main focus, guys, full disclosure, right? But what's, what are some maybe good ways that you could approach this conversation in a relationship? Again, this is in the context of a relationship, whether it's been a month or seven years. I think, I think having a safe space is important. Like, you're not, like, serving yourself cereal, ready, uh, serving yourself coffee. Sorry, I was thinking of my kid. That's what I do in the morning. I'm, like, serving cereal, ready to go out. Hey, <laughs> adults can eat cereals. Right? I love me some Frosted Flakes. <laughs> this is true. And then you turn around, you're like, babe, we should try doggy style tomorrow, and then just walk out. I'm like. crunching away the freaking Frosted Flakes. Like, what do you think about doggy for tonight? <laughs> we on? Got it. Booked. <laughs> Like, what is your safe space, right? To right. feel comfortable. Last night wasn't as fun. You walk away with your cereal. Beauty dubs with the oatmeal. <laughs> Real quick. So creating that safe the one space. thing you tried. <laughs> Didn't work out, sweets. <laughs> right. Way to fuck up their day, right? I like, know. By the way, text. But again, these are things that probably not the healthiest, right? Like, you're, you don't want to text your partner like... By the way, I didn't orgas- I didn't have an orgasm last night. It was sex, fake. Right? Hashtag fake. Or like in the fake the- news. <laughs> oh gosh. In the middle of their meeting, they get a text from you that says like I'm not sexually satisfied. Like <laughs> no people. <laughs> right? So the way that this can be a more helpful conversation is I think for me the biggest one too is really taking the time by yourself to figure out what's the intent of this conversation. Am I coming at this conversation with an attitude of just blaming and putting the responsibility on my partner 100%? Am I seeking solutions? Is it that I'm not 
satisfied sexually? Do I want more sex? Do I want less sex? Do I want to try different things? Do I want to explore outside of the relationship? What is it that I want? If you don't know what you want and you're just going at it just for shits and giggles and to complain, it's not going to be productive. It's not going to get you anywhere, yeah. Right, so to me, the biggest piece would be really sitting down with myself and thinking about, all right, what do I need? What do I want? What am I willing to do? What am I willing to compromise? How can I best relay this message to my partner in a respectful way? And am I ready for whatever reaction they're going to have? And be present. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part, like... You don't want to come in here flaunting your sexual ego. Like, you see this right here, baby? That's what I can do at night. Can you do that? Like, no. It's about, like, being present. Because be aware that when you're sharing this information, your your partner's ego is also at stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has to be... You don't want to tell your partner, like, oh, you're a jerk, and then call it a day, right? Like, it has to be like, hey, when you do this... This is what happens. Mm-hmm. Hey, when we're having sex and you do this, it actually hurts instead of pleasuring me. And mm-hmm. I would like to see if we can try something different, right? It, it, whatever that conversation might look like in a healthy manner. Right. But it's like that you don't have to come in here walking on eggshells, but you also don't want to be like this cru- like cruel, in-your-face let me stomp on your ego because sex is a very vulnerable thing for both partners. Mm-hmm. This is where those I statements come in super handy. We talked about them in other episodes. So aside from that background work of what it, what's the intent in this conversation, removing any shame or blame, making sure that it's at an appropriate time. You both have the time to sit down and have a conversation. It's not as you're walking out the door, right? Like it's not like your partner had a really long day at work and then they come and here you are. Let's talk about sex. No, right? Like it has to be in where they're mentally available to sit down and having this conversation with you. And then you let them know, right? Like, hey, honey, I love you. I need more foreplay because I am in pain every time we try to have sex. I need more sex. I need less sex, right? Like those I statements. It's about me. And it's and it's it's not about shaming the person. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like I can handle it. And looking mm-hmm. up and down at your significant mm-hmm. other, right? Like it's about like I care about you. I love you. I want our relationship to grow and this is stopping me from mm-hmm. moving forward. Right. Right? It if it's because of the shoes, guys. <laughs> Superficial (laughs) And give them feedback too. If they're doing something that you really, really like and makes you happy, let them know. That felt good. Yes. Yes. I think um there's nothing more effective to the sexual ego than to like praise when like good work is done. In general. I, I I mean again really probably inappropriate timing to bring this up, but I tell parents all the time about like kids positive reinforcement right like if you're always just highlighting the negatives and the bad things that they're doing it kind of gets old and people build this wall of like negativity like i don't want to listen to that shit but if you're like hey positive reinforcement let them know what they're doing good so that they keep doing it too Mm -hmm. right like when you touched it like that it felt good when you did this one thing it felt good right and the feedback can provide it immediately like Mm -hmm. unless there's you guys are a non-verbal relationship 
And even if you're not a nonverbal relationship, there's certain touches that you can do. There's certain mm-hmm. words you can use, breathing that you can use, looks that you can give. I mean, 93%, is it 93%, 83% of of communication is nonverbal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember the percentage. Mm-hmm. I is can't it? either. Not right now. But it's a very <laughs> high percentage. It's definitely over 80%. Um, so when you're in that, that, sexual intercourse piece that touch that sound that eye that there are ways that you can communicate that what they're doing is good it's but you have to be present both Mm -hmm. of you have to be present and both of you have to be in tune and if that's not happening then the conversation needs to be there Mm -hmm. about being present and in tune right and at the end of the day if you find yourself not being able to have these conversations or if you've tried and it's been a failure and it's not helpful, there's always professional help. Absolutely. Like you can you can reach out and go to a professional sex therapist, a couple's therapy to the therapist, whether you start individually and then bring your significant other to join you. But there is professional help, right? You you shouldn't I hate to use the word should, but you don't have to stay in a relationship where you're not fully you're miserable. satisfied yeah. in every aspect, whether it's emotional or sexual fulfillment. Right. And if it's something that can't be fixed, are you able to deal with it or not? And if it's a no, then... Um, then maybe... again, it's up to you. That yeah. 80-20, right? The other thing too, guys, I, I do want to make it very clear. I personally have the tendency of of moving along right because of my dv experience and my suicide experience and everything but i want to make sure that we're clear that if you do decide to stay with a person in an unhealthy relationship or a toxic relationship or a dv relationship or a non-sexual satisfying relationship there's no shame right there's no shame for some people this person might be that 80 percent on your standards expectations checklist whatever and if that's enough for you and you're happy and the sexual piece is not that big of a deal for you then that that works for that some works. of us yeah absolutely i could be with someone that fulfills me in every other aspect of my being and the sex is like whatever but i'm like but i don't care he treats me right i'm happy he this loves is me. an example again <laughs> <laughs> I say this and I'm like, bitch, I know you're not talking about yourself. <laughs> With yourself. With yourself. <laughs> All right, guys. So hopefully this conversation was um, helpful. It was more in that uh, around the lines of kind of like planting those seeds and like helping you think about where are you at with this? Like, are you ready to have this conversation? Whether you're single or you're not, like if you're single... How soon should you be talking about this? What are these conversations like? Date number one. <laughs> Let's talk about Are you manscaping? <laughs> My topics of conversation for date number one are grooming, body count, your first. Absolutely not. Don't listen to this mad any woman. health STD history. This Tell bit. me about it. Hi. Do you have herpes? Nice to meet you. That's Disclose. crazy. Like, hi, I'm Tanya, and I've had this, this, and this. <laughs> right? <laughs> She tripping guys but if you're single these are tips for you to kind of start getting the ball rolling and like 
thinking about what you want sexually right. and how to address these conversations. Where are your expectations? Where are your boundaries? And what you're going to do with that? Right. And if you've been in a relationship for 15 years, 20 years, and you're like, eh, we don't really enjoy not, it that yeah. much. Is this something that you want to talk about? And there is no shame in talking about it. Mm-hmm. Own it, girls. Mm-hmm. Own it, guys. Own it, days. Own it, everyone. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Remember, again, next week we're taking a break for Thanksgiving. We hope you guys have a great holiday with your loved ones. Enjoy it. Eat all the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the pumpkin pie. Go, Marlis, man. go ham on that shit. Yeah, we deserve it, guys. 2020 has been so rough. We just deserve to stuff our faces. Stuff it. Speaking of sex. <laughs> hey, good one. All right, well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your whatever day, night, whenever you're listening to us. Yes, follow us on our social media. Share our episodes. Give us feedback. Engage give- in our questions. It's fun. Yes, give us your reviews, guys. Like we said, the more engagement we have the more available our podcast is for others to listen to these conversations that maybe they need to listen to our average is like 60 listeners per episode is it yeah so can you like share so it can go up to like 100 we've already we're over a thousand five hundred now look at you following your stats yeah (laughs) so excited i've been so busy that honestly like dulce kudos to you Season two. It's you know been, what's really it's been funny? It's a lot of her responsibility, guys. Season one was like a lot of Tanya's responsibility, and I just yeah. kind of like showed up, recorded, and then I was out. Yeah, this because <laughs> because so back. No, no, no. Let me take that back because you said you were like, I know you're really busy. This is fine. I don't have a lot going on. I know. Yada yada yada. And now, like season two, you're the one that has a lot going on, Jesus and I've been Christ. taking yeah. some of that weight. So, guys, this is a healthy relationship. This Sometimes you take 80, and, take. and I take 20. Sometimes I take 80, and you take 20. Give and take, it's guys. Been great. Yeah. Guys, I'm really good at editing. I'm proud of you, baby girl. I know. Look I'm at proud us. of myself, too. Look at us. What a healthy dynamic. <laughs> the other day, she was out for one of the episodes. I even did the Instagram post. I was so proud. But yeah, you did post while I was out. I'm proud of you, guys. So, kudos to Dulce over here. We're growing, all of us together. Uh, I'm no longer going to be the co-host. I'll be the host now. I know. I push her to the side, take over the company. The hell. We ain't making no money, by the way. All right, guys. (laughs) Have a good night, guys. When we start talking about ownership, that's where we cut it. (laughs) All right, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Don't be scared to sit with your elephant on the couch. Until next time.